Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and the Cox Sports Television simulcast. And right here on Locked on LSU, glad you're hanging out with us. Ed Ogeron had his coach's show on Wednesday night, updated a few personnel matters. Brad Edwards, ESPN college football analyst, talked about some college football playoff scenarios and more awards for the Tigers that we'll talk about here as we move through the show today. First, though, and most importantly, an update on Grant Delpit. We told you on yesterday's episode that Ed Ogeron mentioned Delpit has been struggling with that ankle that he injured against Auburn, that he hasn't been practicing. They've just kind of been getting him ready for the game. So uh, Ed Ogeron gave an update on his coach's show about Delpit now that we're through Wednesday into Thursday of game week. We're going to see how Grant Delpit does during the week. I talked to him yesterday. He wants to play if he can play, if he's totally healthy. We're going to put him in. That's totally up to the trainer. The trainer says he's healthy and wants to play. We'll let him play. We'll see what happens. Other than that, we're pretty healthy. I told you yesterday, you know how I feel about it. Delpit has much more value to you moving forward into the SEC championship game in the playoff. I'd rather have him as healthy as possible. I think you take the same tact this week with Delpit like you did with a handful of guys uh, leading into or you're after the Texas game and before the Florida game. So I, I would rather – I mean, I wish Delpit was healthy, but I would rather not play him this weekend in a game where you're a 42-point favorite – and have a better chance of having him closer to 100% against A&M, Georgia, and, and beyond. A couple of other things from Ed Ogeron. This was maybe the, the lightest moment of the coach's show. When someone asked if Ed Ogeron was disappointed in his defense. When somebody asks you, are you disappointed in the LSU defense in 2019, what do you say to him? Hell no. I love our defense. <laughs> <laughs> We're 10-0. <and> <laughs> And listen, when you talk about that other stuff, it's block out the noise. All that stuff on TV don't matter. we got to play football games. And uh, we got to focus in on the task at hand. And right now it's beating Arkansas, and that's all we focus in on. So that was a fun, lighthearted moment. But the reality is that LSU right now is 48th in the country in total defense. That's certainly not the standard that LSU has set. It's not the standard that Dave Aranda has set. And yes, everyone's always going to mention the fact that Dave Aranda is being paid $2.5 million a year, and you expect more production out of a defense led by a coordinator making that much money. All of that, I believe, is fair. I also think you have to consider circumstances, which is the fact that LSU is running a tempo offense. The defense is out there for more players. They're going to give up more yards and more points. The Since the advent of the BCS era, so if you go back to 1998, LSU would be the only defense, the only team to win the national championship whose defense was outside of the top 50 was Auburn in 2010. That was the Cam Newton year. LSU would be, they're at 48, as I mentioned, they're not outside of the top 50, but this would be the second lowest rated defense in college football if LSU were to go on and win the national title in the BCS era. So this is an outlier. And to some degree, LSU is trying to win games differently. Not to some degree, they are. They're trying to out just flat outscore people. The key is, can you get turnovers? Can you get key, key stops? And so far, LSU has had to do that in key moments when they've needed it. But flatly, They'll have to play better than they did in the second half against Ole Miss, and I think everybody recognizes that. Uh, Arkansas is coming in this weekend. They're going to probably play a, 
a different style of offense with a more running threat at quarterback. And Ed Ogeron di- did address how they're planning to stop that Arkansas offense. Uh, first of all, Rakeem Boyd is one of the best backs in the SEC. He's big, physical, and very fast. Uh, he gave us problems last year. We expect a lot of gap schemes, a lot of counters, a lot of powers, a lot of outside zone, and again, quarterback runs. And one more nugget worth mentioning is the fact that uh, we are now at the point in the season into November where if you have freshmen that have not played yet, you can get them into ball games and maintain their red shirt. Realistically, I don't think we would see freshmen play in the SEC championship game or in the playoff. So if you had guys that maybe played against Northwestern or Utah State, this this would be an opportunity if the situation arose in the game to play them, and Ed Ogeron spoke to that. Hopefully we can get some young guys in yeah. there see how the game goes, but uh, we're going to play as many freshmen as we can. Uh, the new rule of allowing uh, freshmen to play four games right. and then still, still be redshirted has really helped us. Yeah. All right, it's LSU in Arkansas, Saturday, 6 p.m. from Tiger Stadium. On tomorrow's episode, we'll get you a full preview of the Hogs. New coach Barry Lunny taking over for the fired Chad Morris. Perhaps a new offensive scheme. We'll let you know much more about the Hogs on tomorrow's episode of the Locked On LSU podcast. One of the big talking points, not only here locally in Baton Rouge, but across college football, has been in the college football playoff rankings if any team, namely Ohio State, could leapfrog LSU for the number one spot. Certainly, we've looked at the possibility of that happening this week, while LSU coming off a lackluster defensive performance against Ole Miss, now playing lowly Arkansas. Meanwhile, Ohio State a week ago throttled lowly Rutgers, but now has an opportunity against top 10 Penn State. If Ohio State wins convincingly, there's some thought that the committee could leap Ohio State over LSU, something that I wouldn't even be terribly surprised if it happened. But the real question is, what would happen in those final rankings? Talk to Brad Edwards, ESPN College Football Analyst, about those scenarios. The first thing you're going to hear Brad talk about here is the possibility of Ohio State leapfrogging LSU uh, this week. But then I ask a follow-up about those final rankings. Well, I think it is a realistic possibility if Ohio State doesn't just win those games, but dominate them. I mean, go back to the way they beat Wisconsin. The, the first time that they had a game where people were really circling is, okay, this is a true test. And it was a competitive game for the first half, and then Ohio State just, just ran away with it in the second half. If they win comfortably against Penn State and against Michigan and in the Big Ten championship game, all of a sudden, like when, when the smoke clears, they have about the same number of wins as LSU does against the top 25. Now, maybe, maybe they wouldn't have as many top 10 wins, um, but it, it would be close enough that I think the committee could say, hey, you know what, there are some things resume-wise where Ohio State stacks up very well with LSU, and then just based on the eye test, we think they look like a more complete team because they're better on defense. And, and I think it, it is a big deal because this is shaping up where, like you said, if LSU beats Georgia and you have – you know, in some order, Ohio State, LSU as the top two teams, and then Clemson as as the third seed. Whoever gets in as the fourth seed, and at this point, with Alabama not having two anymore, it really doesn't even matter if Alabama is one of them. You know, you would look at this. This is a huge advantage for the one seed. I mean, there haven't been many years like this so far in the playoff where you would say that two three is a toss up game, but but one should have a pretty easy go of it. 
And maybe some people wouldn't say that about Oregon, Utah, or Oklahoma, but I, I don't think there's any question. The big gap here in the in the in the, the the playoff teams will be between the third seed and the fourth seed if LSU beats Georgia. So this is where where I'll I'll uh, wrap it up, Brad. You, as we mentioned when we start, like I don't I don't know if I would call it intuition. I just think you have a great understanding of this and how a lot of these things work. So I would defer to you here. If LSU wins. On in the SEC championship against fourth-ranked Georgia, a one versus four. Even if they were behind Ohio State at that point, do you think a win, a, a top-four win like that with the resume LSU already has would be enough for them to solidify the one spot regardless of what Ohio State does? I don't know because what they will not tell us is what is the gap between the two teams going in. Like, is it neck and neck and Ohio State was just barely ahead uh, what are the margins of victory? Because look, whether it's Minnesota or Wisconsin, you figure that's a top ten ish. Like the, the, that team is likely to be ranked somewhere around ten. So it's still a high quality win for Ohio State. Even it wouldn't be as good as beating Georgia, but it's still high quality. So uh, look, if LSU goes and wins that game by double digits, then okay, then I then I think there's there's pretty good justification for putting LSU number one. Uh, and then obviously, if LSU goes into that weekend ranked number one, then you'd think beating Georgia will keep them there. But yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be very important what happens these these next two weekends. Uh, if if Ohio State, like I said, wins convincingly against Penn State and against Michigan, I don't know that there's anything LSU can do on their end to keep Ohio State from jumping them. And uh, once again, it's it, it could be a year where it's a big deal whether you're the one seed or the two seed. We went through every scenario possible with Brad Edwards. You can go listen to that full interview at 1045ESPN.com. If you just click on demand after further review, you'll see it right there under uh, November the 20th. But I, I understand Brad's point, and I do acknowledge the possibility that exists, but I just find it very hard to believe that LSU, regardless of if they're ranked one or two going into the championship weekend, if LSU scores a win over fourth-ranked Georgia, and you add that to a road win against Alabama, a road win against Texas, and home wins over both Florida and Auburn, it is almost impossible for me to imagine LSU not ending up in that one seed. And as Brad mentioned, and as we mentioned here, seeding absolutely matters, particularly in this year, because if you end up as the one, this is probably the year with the biggest gap between three and four, where you go from Clemson to likely Oregon. And if Oregon has to come across the country to play LSU in Atlanta, that is a decided advantage for LSU, almost like your, your tune-up before you go into the, the national championship game in New Orleans against the winner of what likely would be Ohio State and Clemson. So we'll keep an eye on it uh, as we move through these final couple weeks of the regular season and, of course, championship weekend as well. It is Locked on LSU, brought to you in part by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. As we put a button here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On LSU podcast, uh, another day, uh, more honors 
for the LSU football program. Uh, Ed Ogeron, we learned, is a semifinalist for the Munger Award, which goes to the National Coach of the Year. That's presented by the Maxwell Football Club. Ogeron um, is certainly deserving. They'll uh, whittle down the list, uh, and then ultimately they will announce the winner on December the, 20, uh, the 29th. And um, voting will be available to the public as well. And the top three coaches selected in the semifinal round uh, will be up as finalists. Um, voting will open December 9th, run through December 27th, and then the winner announced on December the 29th. The formal presentation will happen on March the 6th. Uh, voters are members of the Maxwell Football Club, the uh, head, uh, NCAA head football coaches, sports information directors, and selected national media will um, We'll vote if you're wondering. Jeff Munkin of Army won the award a year ago. As I've said, Ogeron, Matt Rule of Baylor, and P.J. Fleck of Minnesota seem to be far and away the candidates for all the National Coach of the Year awards. And if Ed Ogeron finishes this season undefeated, he will sweep all of the national awards. We also learned that LSU's offensive line uh, was named semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award. This is a collective offensive line uh, group award, which goes to the best unit in college football. Uh, if you asked me blankly, flatly, do I think that, uh, and there are 10 uh, semifinalists, if you asked me flatly, do I think LSU has one of the 10 best offensive lines in college football? My answer would be no. Um, I, but I also understand that we don't exist in a vacuum um, and context matters. And when you're an offense that's gone at the clip LSU has, you're going to have a trickle-down effect and a lot of recognition. I don't look at LSU's offensive line and see a bunch of 10-year NFL veterans. I think there are other lines in college football that would certainly fit that bill. Georgia, namely, probably has the most of those. Um, but when you consider the fact that LSU's had to play half the season without its starting left tackle, they've had some injuries at right tackle, they've mixed and matched, they played without Ed Ingram for a portion of the season before getting him back, and they've also been you know, benefited by the fact that Clyde Edwards-Elair is amazing after contact and Joe Burrow is fantastic at eluding pressure. But all things said, the line's done what they've had to do to pace this LSU team to a 10-0 record. So they're certainly deserving of the recognition. I don't know that they win this award, and that's okay if they don't, but it's good that they've been honored because they've been steady and much improved from a year ago when they absolutely had to be. Uh, we also found out that Joe, Joe Burrow has been named a Unitas uh, semifinalist as well, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. So Look to the victor go the spoils, and when you're 10-0 and 0 and you're leading the country in so many categories and you're ranked number one and you're having the type of season LSU is, uh, you're going to get a lot of individual honors. And it's happening for LSU this year with a lot of coaches and players on uh, watch lists and semifinalists and finalist lists. And come the rubber chicken circuit uh, throughout December, uh, LSU should bring home a lot of hardware. The, the renovated football ops might have to build a new wing for the 2019 Tigers because it's looking like it's going to be a very special finish to this season. And we'll be here for it all, counting you down on Locked on LSU, your team every day.